Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi. Uh, we have been going through the book of First Corinthians and we are now in chapter 16. And I believe the Lord will bless your heart as you as you listen and learn from this teaching. And uh, we are now in chapter 16. The Lord said, the Bible said, My people perish for lack of knowledge. So the teaching of the word of God is to build knowledge of the world so that you know how to exercise your faith and how to walk with the Lord. As I read, I will post some Bible verses and give some exposition or some expo explanation and also my refer to other parts of the scriptures to, to complete to complete the discussion. Chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians, this is an epistle of Apostle Paul to, to the Corinthians. Now concerning the collection for the saints, this time he's going to talk about the offering, gifts, and so on, which the body of Christ has already been doing in that generation. And he was the one that instructed the, the, the first churches to gather some collection for the saints of God. In this in this particular one, it's not just the offering for, for their own congregation, for the use of the local church. It was they actually instituted like a, a phone way kind of a organization where they are going to send the donations to the believers in Jerusalem to help them. That was this collection for the sins he was talking about. And let's read on. So now concerning the collection for the sins, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Now this Bible verse is another point that makes us to see that the believers in the first church age, the Corinthians, the Gentiles, they were meeting church service on the first day of the week. Because I know in this generation and Somalia, years before this time, this denomination come up and say they are the seventh day Adventists that were beginning to propose that believers should be should be observing the Sabbath day of the Jews, which was the sixth day, Saturday. And that became like a doctrine, in, and they still have Seventh-day Adventism. All of those Apostle Paul, also in his letters, has already disproved by saying some people observe one day above the other, and others observe every day alike. That's, that's not the most important thing about the scriptures. But in their generation, they were all meeting and having gathering of these believers, the local churches, in on the first day of the week, which was Sunday, because they were they were they were commemorating the day that the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, and that was what all the apostles and the disciples were gathering on the first day of the week for. That's why here is an example where it was recorded that it was on the first day of the week that they gather together. That's what verse 2 says. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. Verse 3. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. So you now see we are, they are gathering only to send it to Jerusalem. You don't do that every time, but that was a special need. If you go back to the book of Acts of the Apostles, you will notice that there was a time in the actual apostles where a prophet Agabus came and 
prophesied and signified that it will be a great year to all over the world. And the Bible says it happened in the time of the Emperor Claudius, Claudius Caesar. Now, when they had that prophecy, the believers in Antioch, where it was prophesied, they proposed that I think we need to send offering to the brethren in Jerusalem. Why brethren in Jerusalem? Because they knew that before that time, all the brethren in Jerusalem, when this church started, they started all this uh, because of the excitement, because of the zeal for the Lord. And the Lord is coming so many of them started selling all their properties. They sold their land, they sold their houses. I believe it was a zeal that God allowed it because God allowed that zeal, but that really didn't happen the way they were thinking it's going to happen. People are assuming that the Lord is coming soon, the people are going to become heaven bound and they sell every, every property and just waiting for the Lord to come. That was how they all started. But after they have all sold, your, if you sell your assets, you have practically nothing more to sell that unless you are doing other business, just buying and selling, buying and selling. But the big things that you can actually rely on, if there is a real serious trouble, will be if you have land. Remember in the days of Egypt, when Joseph gathered all the food and there was famine in the land, people begin to buy from Joseph. But they have to give something to buy food. Remember, they have to give something to buy food. After they were giving money and there was no more money, they came to Joseph in Egypt and Joseph said, well, you have cattle, bring your cattle. And so they started bringing cattle until they run out of cattle. And they cry unto Joseph, we don't have cattle. He said, all we have left is our lands and our body. I mean, which means they, were, they have used everything they have, have been used for buy food. That could be serious deal in any time when that, that kind of thing happens. If you have money, you keep buying it, but you have no more money because they, they are losing, losing their jobs in those days. And Joseph in Egypt have to say, okay, he bought all their lands, only those who have lands, not so. So if you have no land, there's nothing you can use to, 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 to buy food then. Bought, you bought food for money, money has failed, they call it money failed. And then they use their cattle, goats, horses, donkeys, cow, ranch of cows that they have for doing farming. They have to sell those to buy food. And when that was failed, that's no more. Then they said, we have nothing else other than our lands and our body. I mean, they want to become slaves just to get food because slaves have nothing except that whoever bought them will be feeding them while they work for the place. So Joseph bought all of the Egypt. For Pharaoh, he bought all Egypt for Pharaoh. He bought all their land, that's what I mean. So they all sold their land, but suppose somebody have no land. And then he is dead. He has to be just sell himself now as a slave. So what Joseph did was that he bought their land. So what the, the believers were saying is that if the, when the death came in the days of the first act of the apostles, they said, Well, all these men have sold their life, they have anything to rely on, they have sold it. And they even just not, they didn't sell it and keep the money. They sold it and distributed the money to everybody else. So everybody had been feeding on it until practically they have nothing left, no sir. And we don't know how many years that happened before they were actually scattered from Jerusalem and the apostles are left. But even the, the apostles were not doing any other work. Peter was no more going back to fishing. So they just realized that they are, they, this death occurred, there will be a lot of... Uh, strategies for the believers in 
and the brethren and the uh, and apostles in Jerusalem. So that's why they are gathering offerings from all the Gentile churches to send to the apostles who are physically based in Jerusalem, but they have no job. You know, they are not doing another job and just preaching the gospel. Remember that those are the apostles. And most of the other that are supporting that are believers among them that may have job, but many of them have sold their houses so that if the job fails, they have nothing else to fall back on. They have sold their lands and distributed the money to everybody. So that was the reason why that venture of selling your properties and giving it away did not work because they were expecting a lot to come in their time. But that was not the right calculation because God didn't tell them exactly what is when it's going to come. So that was why they were gathering money because of the year that they say was coming. And they were sending money to the brethren in Jerusalem. And so Apostle Paul was referring to this in his letter to the Corinthians that said, When I come, the money that you have gathered, you're going to you're going to send to Jerusalem, and we send somebody that you guys decided to send. And if I have to go with them, I'll go with them. Verse 4 said, First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 4. And if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. Now, verse 5. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia. For I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide ye and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. Now, they always say they winter somewhere. In those days, you have to remember, there's no airplane. When they travel, they travel for months in, on, the, on the boats or the ship. And then when there's winter, even the boats cannot move freely on the, on the ocean because the ocean freezes most, most of the time. And they're not on the ocean, they are in Mediterranean Sea. So, most of the time, because of winter, there will be snow everywhere, and many people just hide on it. So that's why he was saying, if he if he comes around that time, he may have to just stay with them, and hibernation could be for two months, three months, not going anywhere, where they can only be inside the houses and they couldn't travel. So that's why that's what they call winter, and they want to go and winter in a place where there is already storage of food, and because there will be too much, not not enough uh, moving around. So that's why it means that he will winter with you. He will stay there for more than just a visit of one week. A winter will be November, December, January, most of the time. It started around November ending. December, January, February will be a time of snow in most of those cold countries. So that will be the time they all winter. They go to a place and get there before the winter starts because after the snow is on the ground, many cars can run, many vehicles can run. Mostly they don't have vehicles, they have donkeys, they have all those things and the sheep. So that's where they all go to winter and get there before the winter start where the traveling is almost stopped. Verse 7 says, For I will not see you now by the way. That is, it was not just passing by in the three days, three, four weeks. One week is going to be there for, long, for a longer time if you come there to winter. But I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit, that I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. So it was more telling them this itinerary. That you go to Ephesus until Pentecost, then it will be coming towards them. It will plan that maybe you just get to them before end of November. And I want to call November, which is before the end of the before the beginning of winter. Verse 9. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now he's talking of a great door for the ministry. And remember in Ephesus, he has a lot of uh, big miracles, signs and wonders happen in Ephesus. But it starts like he said, a great door. So, but you have a lot of adversaries. You have to also remember it was in Ephesus that this uh, silversmith and goldsmith rose up against Apostle Paul. 
that those are the adversaries they will be referencing in that in this uh, letter. And that was in Ephesus, in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, I believe. Number 10. Now, if Timothy come, see that he may be with you without fear, for he walketh the work of the Lord as I also do. More or less, Timothy goes about and is also going about. Sometimes they meet. He mostly will send Timothy somewhere because Timothy was like a pastor. I have an apostle Paul, was like evangelist. So wherever he started a new church, Timothy will be the one that will stay there for a while while Apostle Paul moved to another place. That was why he was saying Timothy you may have to may come to their place also from another location and say, see that he stay with you without fear. Because Timothy was a younger man and Apostle Paul was not like recommending him ahead of time. But Philip said, Let no man therefore despise him, but conduct him forth in peace that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren. Now, Timothy was a more younger man that goes about when the apostle Paul sent him on land, but, but he, for, because he was not part of the people that started the Corinthian church, maybe joined Apostle Paul later, he was trying to make them know that Timothy also is doing the work of the Lord, just like he is doing the work of the Lord, and he sent Timothy on land methods. But still, as touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desire him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have convenient time. Now, Apollos was the one that got to Corinth way after Apostle Paul has left Corinth. And because Apollo was an orator and he has a new descriptions, by presenting the word of God in his own style, Many people begin to say, I am for Apollos, I am for Paul. That was how First Corinthians chapter 1 was started. And when Apostle Paul was addressing these people are getting divided. And now Apollos has moved on to other places. And maybe at this time he was with Apostle Paul, where Apostle Paul was writing this letter from. And when this news came to them that people have been divided because of all this personality thing, that people are following personality. Oh, I like how Apostle, how Apostle, how Apollos was presenting. I like Apollos. And that became personality. And so people say, wait, wait, Apostle Paul is the one that founded our church. I like Apostle Paul. So it became division among the believers. And the other people wanted to be neutral. He said, no, Peter, Peter was the head of the church. I like, I am for Peter. That becomes the third group. And why the other group say, well, you guys are all making me say, we are all for Jesus. I'm for Jesus. So that's become another group. And the whole idea came, I mean, the whole problem came to the knowledge of Apostle Paul that the people in the current time, becoming antagonistic of one another, uh, becoming divisive. And Apostle Paul wrote this first Corinthian letter to address that question, that who, 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 who did Apostle Paul die for you? It's Christ that died for all of us. And Apostle Paul, Apollos, we are all one. We are all serving the Lord. Everybody is building on the thing that is founded. So he corrected that in first Corinthians chapter one. Now he says he's, he's wishing that Apollo will go back to that place and 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 present this thing and tell him not to be divisive. But his approach was kind of maybe he said, I won't I won't like to go right now. So that's why he said, I greatly desire him to come unto you with the brethren, but his we was not at all to come at this time. I mean he felt like did I cause this trouble? <laughs> did I cause this trouble? So he, somebody that that looked like the this is the smell coming from you kind of thing. He feel like ashamed, not to want to even go there. That's really what why Apollos would have said. I don't think I want to want to do it right now, because in my own generation, I say, are you the one that is the smell is coming from you? 
what's causing this thing in, in, in the economy. So that's why I promise perhaps we will be wise to say, I don't, I don't want to go there right now. I didn't go there to do that. I just preach the word of God. Maybe some people begin to like my style, my flamboyant, or the way I presented it. So maybe to be getting something in their head, which is not from the Spirit of God. Verse 13, wash ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong, let all your things be done with charity. No, it's not exciting. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that ye submit yourselves unto such. Submit yourself unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and liberate. Now, he was, addressed, was uh, recommending the, the, the family of Stephanus because they were the one part that brought the news to, to him. They visited Apostle Paul from, from Corinth and he said they were the first people that were converted to Corinth. So they would be like the elders in the church. But they saw this thing going on in their midst. And they, when they went to Apostle Paul, they reported all these situations. And Apostle Paul wrote this letter, sending it through them, back to them, back to the church in Corinth. And then was also recommending that they should honor this family. This is you, Berlin. You know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruit of Achaia. That they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. And they also minister to the believers, all the saints of God that passed by. They said that you submit yourselves unto such. And to everyone that helped help with us and liberate. And because you see in verse 17 that it was Stephanus that brought this news, all this information to Apostle Paul in verse 17. He said, I am glad of the coming of Stephanus. The same Stephanus he just mentioned in verse 15, the house of Stephanus. And Fortunatus and Achaicus, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied this. They came to visit Apostle Paul and they must have given Apostle Paul some of the donations and gifts. That make, that's what he meant when he said that which was lacking on your part they have supplied I mean the supply was probably some gifts so he said that what you lack in ministering to me they have ministered to me so thank God for them that came to visit me that's what he really that verse 17 really meant for they have refreshed my spirit and yours therefore acknowledge ye them that are such he says recommending them it's one like saying thank I thank God for Brado and Brado that brought the gifts that brought your that brought that came from you and gave me gifts and so on. So, so it's more recommending them that hey, thank them for me, so to speak. So what you are going to say. Now, first I say the churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Now, Aquila and Priscilla were the couple, the were couple also and wife that met Apostle Paul. I think in uh, Ephesus, something like that. That was where they met and they were of the same trade. Apostle Paul was a tent maker and they were also doing tent making. So they joined together and make some tents and Apostle Paul used that for his ministry of evangelism. And when Apostle Paul moved on, they also moved on. They also visited Corinth and so on and so forth. And they were part of, and they were, because of their being a couple, they, and wherever they are, they always have some groups of people they also witness to and they fellowship in their house. So that's why he said the church in their house. They always have a group that fellowship with them. If there's a group in the city, then they also have a local group within their own house that be in the, in the man and his wife and some of his relatives or perhaps people they, that are nearby that they witness to. 
But they were not evangelists going about like Apostle Paul. They just have a fellowship in their house, wherever they are living. They move to another city. They will have some friends that you say, like we spend to them about Christ, and then you come to be doing Bible study in the house. So that's why they just a church in your house. All the brethren greet you. Greet ye one another with an holy kiss. And that's his final Israel. The salutation of me, Paul, with my own hand. Verse 22. If any man love not the Lord Jesus, let him be anathema. Maranatha. Maranatha is interpreted to mean the Lord coming soon. Anathema is interpreted to mean let him be a cause. Because if you don't love the Lord Jesus Christ, if any man loves not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be a cause. It's what anathema means. It's a, it's a, it's a stain. Anathema is like, we call it anathema is like a stain. Because the Lord is coming soon. Or it should be regret for him. Because the Lord is coming soon. Verse 23. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. That's how he wrapped up this letter of First Corinthians chapter 16. And I believe that the Lord has blessed your heart with this, uh, this uh, Bible verses. And I know that the Lord himself that has given us all these letters, it is for a purpose because all of these exhortations, they are building us up to know how to conduct ourselves. When we see the things of the past, how the bread in the old time, how they conducted themselves, then it makes us to know that we also have to conduct ourselves in like manner. And now I'm going to go and read some of the other Bible verses that we have read before to, to summarize, to add to this last chapter. Let's, let me read some of these Bible verses that we have read before that really edify to us, especially just pointing out some more points that we have emphasized in chapter 15 of First Corinthians. Apostle Paul mentioned he talked very heavily about resurrection and the new body that we are going to have. And let me just read some of those Bible verses again. Because in First Corinthians chapter 15, which is one of the points where we have preached, is where the Bible was talking to us about when Christ, how the Christ is upon us. Now, let me read it from verse 23. From verse 20, this is talking about resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Man, this is that point. All will be made alive in Christ Jesus. When you say all die, you say all human beings. Does that mean every human being will be made alive in Christ Jesus? You have to remember, Christ has said, anyone that believes in him, he will pass from death unto life, and that's those who believe in him. And it's going to raise them up at last. That's the first fruits. That's the, the church. That's, the, that's called the first resurrection. When he will raise up the dead in Christ. But at the end of it all, God is still going to raise even all these wicked sinners. Everyone will be raised back to life and to stand before God. You see that in the book of Revelation chapter 20. All the dead will be raised up at the end of all, all things to stand before God. Many, many religions believe that also. Only, only that those other religions don't know that only through Jesus Christ they can be saved. They thought God is going to just weigh their sins. But the Bible said in the book of Revelation chapter 20 that there is a book of life of the Lamb. Only those people who have their names in the book of life will be saved. The rest will be thrown to the lake of fire almost like purging the heart of all things that are not wanted. The lake of fire is like an incinerator. 
in some of the old small towns, they will have an incinerator where people take all their trash, take it to the incinerator, and they say, and that is all the trash are burnt in fire and turned to ashes. That was done in the many countries in the old days. I don't know how they do right now in the, in the new in the new world. Many of people are just taking their trashes and the city take them and put them in the and landfill. They have landfills or places where they just dump the trash and bury it to become soil. But in the, in many countries they still have incinerators where they have a like a furnace where they burn the trash to ashes. Now that is what the lake of fire symbolizes or represents. The lake of fire is only created by God. Is any of those planets or stars that are just burning can be can be a lake of fire. God is going to pull all those souls and and flesh because they are going to have a new body, and they are going to be thrown into the lake of fire in, that are not saved. That's what the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter twenty. That's why I'm, I'm pointing it out that it is not by your good works when your sins that is going to save anybody at that day. Bible say only those that have their names in the book of life of the Lamb will be saved. The rest that have not their names in the book of life, they will judge by the other books that talks about their this just to condemn to condemn them. Because when you go to court, they have to read what you have done before you before the sentence to prison also. The same way God is not unjust. See, they want it to be weighed, you see, where are your sins? And they are give the amount is done. They are now the amount is stopped. And then they send them to the lake of fire. See? But those who have their names in the book of life of the Lamb of God, they are just they are they are saved. So that's exactly what the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter. Three. Go and read the book of Revelation chapter twenty. Now let's look again at uh, let's continue that Bible verse because it's telling us some deeper things eh? that as in Adam all that even in, in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order that is. When God is resurrecting them, it's going to be in order. You see, every man in his order. There will be the first fruits. Christ, the first fruits. That's the first order of resurrection. You see, it has already started. Christ is the first one that resurrected from the dead, never to die again. It's what I'm talking about. Not just calling the dead back to life that we can do now that Christ did for Lazarus and for the little baby and for the young man that was being carried to the grave. That was called raising the dead. That is not the resurrection. The resurrection is when people will be resurrected, like logically resurrected, never to die again. That's what we are. That's different from raising the dead. If somebody died suddenly, three days later, he was raised back to life. He could. He will die again many years later, because he's still using the. He's still using the old body, the body that is mortal. The body that we have right now is mortal. That is what we call what we are called mortal men, because we have lost a glow that will keep us immortal. Because Adam lost something that make human beings to be going through the grave, but God has promised that He's going to bring human beings back to that immortality. Many have been dead. God is going to raise them up and give them an immortal body. Even those that are dead in sin, that are going to be given immortal body to be thrown to the lake of fire, they will never die in that lake of fire. That's what the Bible says: it's eternal fire. But those who are Christians who are saved, who have their name in the book of life, when they are resurrected, they will have a body that will live forever. It's a it's a it's a immortal body. That is what Christ has right now. Christ has the immortal body, that's why he is the first to resurrect into that body. And then he rose up some dead saints also. And they also are part of the first fruit because the Bible says when Christ resurrected, 
some dead saints in Jerusalem resurrected with him, brought them back, and they went up. So you can see the on in the book of Revelation, chapter 4 and 5, where they said the 24 elders. They were elders, mean they were human beings sitting around the throne, depicting that they are already part of those people that went up with Christ when he was resurrected. And those elders, they are already given their body that they will not they will not die anymore. And that is really the beginning of the resurrection. The process has started, men, brethren. Resurrection that we are talking about, I said there will be instances in order. The first fruits, Christ and those people that he brought back from the from the dead, before 24 elders at least, if, if they are just 24, we don't know how many of them. But the Bible says some dead saints, you can read that in the book of Matthew, when Christ resurrected, said some dead saints came up and they didn't go back to the grave, they went up with him into the cloud, that, these are the cloud of... Thank you.